0: I thought it would be fun if we could play tag right now. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to say go and you start running and I'm going to try to tag you. We're not going to really play tag, don't worry. The reason I mention that is because I play a lot of tag at my house, believe it or not. I've got four kids, they like to play tag. It's not my wife who wakes up and says, let's play Chase. Um, it's my children, and they like to run around, especially the younger ones, and I have to chase them. And uh, occasionally I will catch them. Occasionally I will stub my toe. Occasionally I will run into a wall. Occasionally someone will fall and get hurt, and they say they will never play tag again. And then the next day, what do they do? Can we play tag? It's kind of what we're talking about the next several weeks. We're in a, a series called Lost, and it's looking at one of the most popular chapters. And one of the most popular books in the Bible is Luke chapter 15. That whenever I think of Luke chapter 15, I just go lost. And so you can turn there with me right now if you want to. Because it's three different parables that are being told by Jesus Christ. And the first is the parable of the lost sheep. The second is the parable of the lost coin. And then the third is probably what some consider, even um, those who just love Uh, writings and literature one of the greatest uh, writings ever to be seen and it's the parable of the lost son and so we're going to spend the next five or six weeks unfolding some of this and looking at some of the themes because when we look at a parable there's certain truths that you have to know Uh, One, a parable is just simply Jesus trying to identify with everybody else and he's using the everyday things of life that they would identify with to help communicate at least one primary point. There's always one primary point. There's other things that you can take from it, you can absorb from it, but there's always one primary. And so that's what he's doing with this parable. Now as we dive into Luke chapter 15, what I want to do is I want to invite you to go and just look to the left a little bit to Luke chapter 14. Because it's going to help you in understanding what's unfolding before us in Luke chapter 15. In Luke chapter 14, it's really interesting because Jesus is teaching the Pharisees. Now, Pharisees weren't always these evil, wrong, bad people. However, they have a really bad rap and sometimes deservingly because they are so focused on keeping the law and making sure that everything is done properly that you can't mess up no matter what. And so anybody who isn't like them already, anybody who isn't living the way that they think that you should be living, they look at you as being, we would consider what they would call a sinner. All right. So when you think about a sinner described in the Word of God, for the Pharisees, it's anybody who is not one of them. It's somebody who's living to their own accord, someone who's living to their own likeness, rather than obeying A set of rules that they have compiled that they look at and they say this is what you have to do and this is how you have to keep it and so he's beginning here and he's teaching the pharisees and as he's walking through this he starts to speak of different parables here you have the wedding feast the great banquet and he's speaking to them about this invitation to enter the kingdom of heaven now i don't think they would have had as many problems With these parables as they are about to have with the parables in Luke chapter 15. Because here he is, he's talking about this invitation into the kingdom of God. And then after Luke 14 into Luke 15, he then goes further with it. In Luke 15, he jumps into this parable of the lost sheep. And he starts referring to these tax collectors and these sinners. Why? Because they were all coming near to listen to him. Luke 14, he's focused on the Pharisees, but now others are being drawn in, and they're starting to listen to him as well, and they're absorbing his words. And he's going to begin by speaking about a shepherd and some sheep, right? The parable of the lost sheep. Now, the sheep, shepherds of the day, shepherds were considered the very lowest class that you could possibly identify with and so the pharisees would have been listening to this about the pharisees uh, and then the shepherds as well the pharisees have been listening and saying okay wait a second here why is he even speaking about this we would never do that job why is he addressing this we would never even think about doing what he is wanting us to do and he jumps in and jesus without a doubt is communicating one theme over and over and over again. And the Pharisees really are battling with it. Is that God is pursuing all of his children. Like that's, what it, that's what the whole theme is. You're gonna, I'm telling you the, the end right now. So that it really soaks in. He's speaking through the Pharisees. They don't like all these tax collectors. They don't like all these sinners. And he jumps into this and he says, in chapter 15, the Pharisees and the scribes are all grumbling, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. And so he tells them this parable. Right? That was the distinguishing factor. He's first addressing the Pharisees, Luke chapter 14, but now in chapter 15, all of these task collectors and all these sinners are coming around him, and they don't like what they're hearing. Because they are the elite. They are the ones that this message of God is really for. It's not for everyone else. That's why they're questioning who Jesus is so much. Because Jesus isn't playing by their rules. And now all of a sudden, here he runs in and he has all of these tax collectors, all of these sinners gathering around. And listen to these words. And the Pharisees, the righteous... That's how they would have considered themselves. The Pharisees, the righteous, and the scribes grumbled. Now, you you all know what I think about grumbling, because we see in the Word of God how many times God destroys those who grumble and complain. He said, and and this is what they're grumbling. This man receives sinners and eats with them. This is another way of saying that the Pharisees, the righteous people, are upset because God is coming in and saying, I care for everyone. I pursue all of my children and they're upset about it. How dare you try to help those people? So what we're going to do is we have this half of the church, okay, and then we have that half. We know that you're the better Christian, right? Can I get an amen? You, that was when you weren't supposed to say amen, a bunch of Pharisees. <laughs> nice, nice, well played, pot calling kettle black. Um, so you're going to be upset because you're all brothers and sisters and I'm coming over here and I'm saying, guys, you know what, I love you, I adore you, I want you to be in a relationship with me, wouldn't that be Amazing. And you guys are over here going, no, I don't like those people. Even though they're my brothers and my sisters, I don't want them to be in a relationship with the Father. You wouldn't do that, would you? And yet that's what's taking place. And we've all done that somehow in our life before where we've judged and we've determined if some people are worthy of being in a relationship with God. Should they be in our church? Should they be in our presence? Should they be in our work? Should they be in our home, right? We invite people into our home often who are already like us rather than people who are not like us. And here in Luke chapter 15, you're going to discover a God who is Desperate to be in a relationship with everyone, regardless of what you think of them. That's a good God, by the way. That's what we find here. I mean, the Pharisees were criticizing Jesus for everything. And now, here he comes. And not, not only is he teaching them, speaking to them, but he's really associating with them, and he's building, you know what, a relationship with them. And it's kind of like he just stepped across the line. Hey, whoa, wait a second here. What are you doing? What are you doing? Right? They believed that they, the Pharisees, they believed that they were separate from sinners. That's actually where, you, where they came with the word separatist. They believed that they were separate from the sinners, from the tax collectors. They were the righteous ones. They weren't like everyone else. And so they were struggling. So in these parables, you have these three parables that I mentioned in Luke chapter 15. And in these three parables, every single time you have something that is lost. Something that is considered to be a value, at least to the owner that is then pursued, right? First you have one sheep out of a hundred, then you have a coin, one coin out of 10, and then you have one son out of two. And every single time you have a God who is pursuing, you have a God who is chasing after, you have a God who is caring for his child. So as we look at this, um, I want us just to walk through these first seven verses. And I want to read them for us now. Now the task collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees, the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. And so he told him this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. I want to just stop right there. Um, again, they knew about sheep and shepherds. They knew what that would look like, and it's... Most people wouldn't have 100 sheep, only a few very, very wealthy individuals would have that many sheep. A lot of times though, they, uh, neighbors and friends, they would put their sheep together and they would have a shepherd caring for all of them. Uh, many people think that that's what was probably happening here. And so you have all of these different sheep and you would have more than one shepherd. It doesn't mean that the 99 are just left uncared for and they are just left to the wolves and the lions and everything else and they just take off. So don't get caught up in that. Remember, every parable has one primary Point. here what we have is you have a shepherd though who is going to go and to chase after this individual and let me go ahead and tell you this the uh, the sheep it would have been treacherous it would have been hard when you look at the landscape of Israel and where they were located it wasn't an easy thing to do it wasn't easy to run and to chase after a sheep Because it was rocky, you see the picture now of this guy coming. And this is modern day of where they would have come and they would have taken that sheep with them. In fact, they probably would have needed physical touch for the sheep to feel safe once again to come back. Now some of you, as you are already thinking, some of you are the sheep. But for for a different reason than what you may be conjuring up in your own mind. Some of you are the sheep because you've just gotten lost and you've never been led in the right way. And so here comes the shepherd trying to find you. God's trying to bring you in. But some of you are the individual. You're the sheep who always pushes the limit. You're the sheep who, because sheep, sheep are dumb, by the way. I'm not saying you're dumb. I'm one of you. Um, but they're not very bright, and they always stayed together because, one, that provided safety for them. And so they would always stay together. And so for one to just kind of walk away, to be stranded by itself, often what that meant is that they were maybe more the rebellious type. They always crossed the fence. If you have fences in your life, they're the ones who always thought the grass was greener on the other side, no matter what, even when it's not. And even though they would learn their lesson and be like, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that, later on they would do it again. And then they would do it again and do it again and do it again. And even though they were getting caught and up in the, the wire of offense and everything else, they just keep pushing their limits. They want to see how far they can go for themselves. And hopefully God will help them. Right? Maybe you have a brother or a sister who's like that. Maybe you have a child who is like that. Maybe you have a spouse like that. Who's always pushing the limits. Always going as far, for, as, far as they can. And sometimes... They, they're going off by themselves, and they shouldn't be by themselves. Anybody know someone like that? Maybe that's you. And you just want to keep seeing how far you can really go. Well, here's this shepherd who comes and says, you know what? This an ignorant sheep, it's rebellious it may even be a sheep that keeps doing this over and over again. And yet here's this shepherd who says, I'm still going to go after them. I'm still going to go after them. Why? Because God is pursuing his children. God is pursuing his children. But it reminds me of Isaiah 53:6, It says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. We've all done that before. And maybe some of you right now, uh, you would never say that you're that sheep who has walked away. But maybe in your own way, you are. Maybe you're the individual who, you're always right. You always want to go past and, and think what you want to think. You can't learn from anyone else. You can't grow from the mistakes of those who have gone before you. I tell my children all the time, learn from my mistakes. You don't have to make any because I feel like I've made them all. And you're just always going there. And then you're upset with people because maybe they aren't doing things the way you want them to be done. You're that individual. And, yeah, you think you're a part Of the other 99. But really you're kind of doing your own thing. You're doing God the way you want to do God. Instead of really saying. You know what. How about I learn from him. And grow from him. And mature in him. Fortunately God is pursuing his children. It talks about how. This one sheep is lost. And. The Pharisees are certainly struggling with the fact that he would go and help the sheep. The Pharisees don't understand this parable very well at all. But I think the bigger question for me is I've opened up Luke 15 over and over and over again. And I think I've had an inner struggle with it. Um, It's been an inner struggle for me because one of the questions that keeps coming to mind is, Am I okay with God pursuing people? That maybe I would not pursue. Now just don't judge me yet. Wait at least 30 seconds. Maybe I'll make it even more personal then. Are you okay with God pursuing everyone? And not just the people who are already like you. Are you okay with that? just been really reflective for me right you look at the majority of churches and the people who go to those churches they are already pretty much similar (laughs) we like the same kind of music right that's that's a big thing right The way we worship, this is just kind of who we are. And so we we've learned our identity, and then and then people are like, well, this is how I want to worship, or this is how I'll worship. And so people go to that church because it's got a certain style of music, or you know what? Here's the sad thing is, very few people go to a particular church, fewer than you know, because of doctrine. They go because of style. Now, that's kind of messed up to me. You need to know the doctrine. I would love for you to come to that membership class in a week that Pastor Jim was speaking about to learn what we really believe about the word, the truth. But most people who go to church are already like each other. We live in similar types of houses. We make similar income. Well, you know, Pastors are paid like that. They look at the, a role that a pastor has, and they look at the environment that it's in and what a person of similar uh, responsibility is going to be making. That's how they do it right? We all get paid like similar in that way. I mean, it's all kinds of stuff. We all come to worship together with people who are already like us and then you know that person who walks in the door who's not like you. One of my previous churches, one of the things I learned a long time ago is I don't share half of what happens to me as a pastor with my wife. That's called being a good husband. <laughs> Certainly things in churches where I've been that th- uh, things weren't always easy. I-, I went to one church to pastor and um. Only reason I told my wife about this a week ago, I said, "Is it okay if I tell the story?" She's like, "What story?" I was like, "Well, you don't know the story. <laughs> Let me tell you about it." Um, I went to a church, and God, God really blessed. I mean, I, I tell you what, God really blessed it. Um, church was growing a lot, um, and a lot of people were coming to know the Lord. Uh, but one of the things that I changed is I started visiting a lot of these other neighborhoods around the church, and none of those because I noticed none of none of the people who came to the church went and lived in those neighborhoods. So I started knocking on doors. You know, I'll talk to anybody. All right? So I'm knocking on doors, and I'm visiting with people. I'm inviting people to come to church. And all of a sudden, you know what? Here's the cool thing. They started coming. Like Before long, we couldn't even fit in one service. So all of a sudden, we had to have two services. There was no option at all. The church had never even had two services before, except for Sunday morning, Sunday night. You know how that was, all right? And so all of a sudden, all these people are coming, and it's wonderful. And it was the the second church that I actually ended up receiving a letter. If, If a letter's not signed, you shouldn't read it. I had not learned that lesson fully at that point. And I read a letter, and it was threatening my life. If you keep allowing these sinners to come in, you will lose your life. Those words. We will make life so difficult for you and your family, you will wish that you were never born. Those, that's the letter I'm receiving. I did not share that letter with my wife. Some people will say, you should share that letter with your wife. But here's the point, is that all of a sudden, like, that's the hatred. And we did find out who wrote the letter. And this was someone who had been a member of the church for 46 years, And that's the hatred because they even spoke about how they could smell some of the people all of a sudden sitting next to them. How would God be honored in allowing those people into his church? And you're going, I would never do that. I would never write that type of letter because other people are coming to the church. But be careful because so many times we've said we want all of those people to come to know Jesus, but we don't want these people and here's the power of this parable is God is saying, I'm pursuing every single one of you. I am so grateful that God doesn't point out certain ones of us and says, uh, you're no good. Amen. And some of you are the sheep that's running away. It's, oh, we got a trampoline recently. Here's a, this is, blows my mind because the, the trampoline's name is now Lucky because it survived the storm. My kids are like, we named it Lucky. I'm like, why would you name it Lucky? It sounds like a little dog running around, like nipping at my heel or something. He's like, because it made it through the storm, Dad. I'm like, fine. Lucky it is. So I'm jumping on it yesterday. They're like, say, hey, Lucky. I'm like, I'm not calling the trampoline by name. They're like, Dad, you have to. I literally said, hey, Lucky, got on the trampoline. We got this trampoline, and so they're jumping, and they're doing this. They love to play this game where it's like one, two, three, four, five. Someone's laying on the back. They have to get up, and they have to keep their eyes closed. and They have to go touch someone. And if they get touched they, then they're it. It's interesting because I have one of the kids, they didn't want to play, so they just sat in the corner, and they finally got tagged, and they're like, I'm not playing, I'm not playing. I'm like, why aren't you playing? That's how I think most of us are, actually, in life. Like, God is running after, God is pursuing His children, and we're we're watching, but we don't want to be a part of it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine God of the universe wanting to come and be a part of your life? That's amazing to me. And then he's saying, isn't this great? We've got more people coming in. We've got people coming to worship. And this is spectacular. And then you're sitting to the side grumpy because you don't like who he's calling into you. And it doesn't mean he doesn't love the 99. That's not what this is about. What this is about is God is wanting all of his children to come to his feet and to worship him at his throne. He doesn't want just you. He wants everyone. That's great news. It doesn't mean he doesn't care for the 99. It means he loves the other one just as much of the 99. And he wants everyone to come before him to worship him. And it is a great Great message, because here he is pursuing his children. God is pursuing his children. God is pursuing his children over and over and over and over again. It's great news. And yet so many of us, we're not even playing the game. Like We're in the corner, corner huddled down. We just want to do what we're already comfortable with. Like we, we need the spiritual cables going from the Word of God, Holy Spirit, into our heart. And we need to be jump-started sometimes, don't we? Because here's the thing, if you've experienced the love and the grace of a shepherd who is running after you, like we always think of the cross when we think about being a Christian. Before that, it was really, I think about the shepherd with the sheep on his shoulders. That's what I think about. Because I'm that sheep and God's come to me. My father has come to me and said, you know what? You went into dangerous territory again. Here I am. Won't you come with me? But sometimes we're the sheep going, no, I don't want want your help. I don't need you, God. And then we start determining whether or not someone else can even be helped by God. They're too far gone. I mean, that's the hard part of what I've been struggling with, is if we're honest, we think some are too far gone. I don't care what you've done in your life, you're never too far gone for the grace of Jesus Christ. Never. God pursues his children. and are we okay with are you okay with that because again if you've received that love from the father you now want to participate with him and you too want to go and tell everyone about this love and this grace that they can discover or are you sitting back and you just enjoy watching everybody else Begin your own relationship with God and how you're. Well, I'll let everybody else do it. I showed the praise team this morning. I should, have, I should have sent this video and played it up here. I would be sleeping on all of your couches once my wife found out. I should have played it just for the first service because she's in here in the second. Um, my five year old all of a sudden decided he, wanted, he wants to dance a lot to worship music. That's how he praises God. So he's like, Check, give me another song, Dad. This is right before bed, so he's in nothing but some shorts, and he's just dancing away, dancing away, just worshiping God. And all of a sudden, the song stops, and all the kid, other kids, and my wife and I, we're, I videotaped the whole thing. That's why I should have showed it to you. Um, again, I'd be sleeping on your couch. But he's like, don't worry, guys. I can teach you how to worship. <laughs> I go, I'm videotaping, so go at it. All the kids go up with them. My wife walks up. I've got the next video where the five of them are dancing. They're trying to follow his lead, dancing away, worshiping God. It's awesome. I mean, it's bad, but it's awesome. (laughs) And I think most people today... would just simply have said, no, 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 no. You just keep doing it yourself. No, 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 I no. Don't, I, don't, I don't do that. No, 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 no. I'll leave that up to you. That's your spiritual gift. If you have experienced the love of the Father, it is your privilege to share that love with other people. It is your honor to share that love with other people. There is no greater reward. And there's too many people today who are sitting down, and we're just gonna let them go be the ones who are doing the dancing and sharing about Jesus and really just worshiping in that way and making sure that everybody knows about the love. No, that's for you to do. I'm busy. But yet here's God pursuing his children. Over and over and over again, God is coming and pursuing his children. And if you don't think it's a big deal, this is where it ends up. It says, when he found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. Like the, the word meaning rejoice here isn't like, oh, high five, found the sheep, don't do it again. It's celebratory. Like it's a party of all parties. All of a sudden, here it is. And you're going to find that throughout. You're going to find it this week with the parable of the lost sheep. You're going to find it with the lost coin. You're going to find it with the lost son. When the father discovers the child, right, lost son, when they find the coin, when they find the sheep, there's rejoicing. And too many of us are just sitting back going, oh, that, that was nice. Keep, keep doing your thing. He found it, lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing, and when he comes home, he calls to, I love this. It's not like he just felt good about himself. He calls up everybody he knows. And begins to Rejoice calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me. I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who need no repentance. Again, it's not about the 99 not being valued, but God wants all of his children to come and to worship him. God pursues his children, and God is pursuing you. What is your response? You're going, Oh, I I know salvation. I'm good. Maybe you're a Pharisee. Maybe you're the one who's determined which ones can be helped and which ones can't. I mean, I just, I love the joy that fills the shepherd. Which one are you? Maybe you're the one writing a letter. You're saying, isn't this enough? I had a friend, uh, more of an acquaintance, call me not... I'd say it's probably about a year in into a pastorate that I had in another state. And uh, he was pastoring the church. And he's like, hey, let's get together and have lunch. Maybe we'll do it once a month. And I got some questions for you. And I said, that would be great. Um, had lunch with him. And I started, I said, well, tell me a little bit about your family. He told me about the family. I said, well, tell me about your church. He goes, "Ah, oh, it's just, it's, it's awesome. There's about 50 or 60 of us. I said, that's, that's super. And he goes, it's just the perfect size. We just want to stay right where we are. you can imagine how deflated I became. Because all I heard was, we don't need any more people worshiping the Father. And I think that's so many of us in our own lives. But let me tell you now, the Father deserves for everyone to worship Him. God has pursued His children. He has pursued us. And we have to determine what our response will be. God pursues His children. I found my sheep that was lost. And so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents and over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance are you okay with the God who pursues everyone and are you joining in the pursuit or are you on the side of the trampoline saying I don't want to play or are you the one who will watch everybody else worship and dance and praise God and tell everybody about Jesus? Right? I mean, man, my son, he was going at it. Man, he was worshiping. I mean, after the first time, the the mom and the kids didn't join me. After the first time, he says, Give me another song. I was like, Holy Spirit's got this guy right now. So I played another song, he just starts dancing. Later that night, my wife was like, why are you so quiet? I was like, I'm just, I'm thinking about my youngest child dancing and praising God. And how I am sad to say that in most churches today, we would tell him to calm down. God pursues his children. Thanks be to God. He has pursued you, He has found you. I pray that you have received his love and that you're willing to join in the pursuit of others. Fair enough. God, I come before you in gratitude. God, I come before you giving thanks that we have a Father who will pursue us even when we have crossed The fence, even when we have gone out of bounds and we keep pushing and testing everything, and we won't surrender what we want, we won't surrender what our desires are, God. And yet, you just keep running after us, you keep pursuing us. And praise be to God, Lord. I declare that I have been found. And so, Lord, help me to know when I'm running away from you, when I keep. Wanting to do my own thing. God, let me be aware of that so that I have a greater desire to do your thing because I know that a God thing will always be greater than my thing. And God, I ask that you would open up our hearts and help us to truly recognize, to embrace that you have pursued all of your children. I am, God, I love you so much for being a savior who loves everyone. God, I'm overwhelmed that I'm able to serve you, a God who is desperately seeking out the lost. And you're pulling them out of thickets and you're pulling them out of fence that they're called in. God, you've done it for me. You've done it for me. And I pray that we as your church won't sit to the sideline and watch the other people go and share your love and your message of hope and just of grace and forgiveness and mercy that is for all. That we won't sit around and watch that and judge who can be helped and who can't be helped. God, let us join in with you. Let us join in telling other people about how marvelous you are. God, you have pursued us. You have pursued us. Thank you. Lord, there are so many in this room right now who have experienced the Father walking up to them to only turn around and start running away again. God, give them the strength to say no more. No more. No more. Instead of running away, we will run to you, O oh God. In Christ's name, Amen.